This sermon content comes from Mercy Village Church located in Barbersville, West Virginia. And you can learn more at www.mercyvillage.church. My daughter's made in Uganda. She's not made in the USA. She's made in Uganda. You might have seen her today wearing a beautiful uh, traditional Ugandan dress called a Gomesi. She came into our family in 2016. Uh, in fact, our Easter of 2016 was spent in Uganda. It was bittersweet. We weren't with our boys, but we were with our daughter. We weren't with our home church, but we were with new folks who we were learning were going to be some of our deepest friends and relationships that we would have. But another memory I have, so she comes home in May. Uh, we get here. That fall, Mama passed away. My wife's grandma. And it was expected, right? That it's eventually going to happen. It, but it's still devastating. You know that. Even when you lose someone at the time where it's maybe expected to lose them, it's still devastating. But a memory I'll never forget. So on the day of the funeral, there in Milton, Pawpaw's getting ready to walk up to the coffin. One last look at his wife's dead body. She wasn't there, but her body was. They're going to close the cactus. And as he, right, I, I mean, I, I can't imagine making that walk. It's a long walk. And as he walks, this phoenix from Uganda, now an Appalachian queen, that's what we tell her. She takes hold of his hand and walks up there with him. In that low place, she was present with him. Today I want you to know that the resurrected Jesus is present with you in your lowest place. And not only that, but the resurrected Jesus meets us in our lowest places with sweet renewal that only he can be can bring. Not only is he with us in our lowest place, he brings renewal in our lowest place. There's a mission statement on the wall to my left, your right, says we exist to experience and embody redemption and renewal in Christ alone. And so we'd been preaching through the book of Ephesians. We took two weeks off for Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday, and we talked about last week how redemption is rooted in the resurrection. And this week, we're going to talk about how renewal is rooted in the resurrection. Resurrection renewal is, is ours through the risen Jesus. So, Father, today, what we know not, please teach us. What we are not, please make us. And what we have not, please give us. In the name of the resurrected Jesus, we pray. Amen. We're going to meet four people in their lowest place. Watch this play out. The first is Mary. Not Mary, the mother of Jesus, but Mary Magdalene. Man, she had a story. Jesus had met her, right? And he had met her when she had all her demons, literally. He'd cast them out. He'd met her when she was at the lowest of the low. She was, un, she was among the untouchables. You wouldn't touch her. You wouldn't be near her. You wouldn't come close to her. And Jesus rescued her in that place. Jesus met her there. But now he's gone. We find her on Easter Sunday morning, but she doesn't know. She didn't have... An invitation, right? No, to show up at 10 a.m. for food and 
10.30 for worship. She's there. Mary stood. This is John chapter 20, verse 11. Stood weeping outside the tomb. Feel her pain, please. As she wept, she stooped and looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. So much grief in her heart that she can't even see that these are heavenly beings in front of her. She can't see because of her grief. Her eyes are blurred by the tears. The man who had rescued her, who had brought her from death to life spiritually, is gone. Her best friend is gone, and she's in grief. Maybe you've lost someone even this year. Maybe it was lost through death. Maybe it was uh, a relationship that broke. Or maybe you lost something that was dear to you. Whatever it is, if you know grief, then you know where Mary was at with her face in her hands, tears running down her face. If you've cried like that, where the tears run out, you've been there? If you have, you know where Mary was at in the grief. The next person we meet is Thomas. He's just a few verses over in in chapters 24 and 25. Now Thomas, one of the 12 called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. Jesus raises from the dead, comes to the disciples, but Thomas isn't there. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see his hands, the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Thomas gets a bad rap. We all like to throw stones at Thomas, right? But how many of you have stones like Thomas? And I mean to say it that way. If you go back a few chapters to John chapter 11, you meet Thomas right before Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. And everybody remembers that part of the story. But what a lot of people don't remember about that story is that they had fled from Judea, the disciples and Jesus, because they were trying to kill Jesus. So when Jesus says, let's go back to Judea, to Bethany, because Lazarus is sleeping, I'm going to wake him up, he's dead, right? They say, are you sure? They tried to kill us last time. And, and look, what, look what Thomas says in, in uh, John chapter 11, verse 16. He simply says, uh, so Thomas called the twins, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Jesus was everything to Thomas. Everything. He'd given up all of his life to follow this man, and he had found something in this man that he was willing to die for. But instead of him being the one that that died, it was Jesus who died. And he's not about to open himself back up to that kind of pain. So he found himself in a place of deep deep doubt. The last person we meet is, is Cleopas, Luke chapter 24. I think he's with his wife as he walks down this, this road uh, to Emmaus. That very day, two of them, two of Jesus' followers, were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were walking with each other, 
talking with each other about all these things that had happened. And while they were walking and discussing together, Jesus himself, resurrected Jesus himself, drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing them. What we'll find out in a second is that they were in a place of, in fact, let's just read it. Verse 21 says, this is what they said to Jesus. Because they're heartbroken. And he's asking them, what's going on? Why are you heartbroken? What's, and they said, we had hoped that he, Jesus, was the one to redeem Israel. They wanted political restoration, that the Jews could, could have a, a Messiah that would come and reign and set God's kingdom up here on earth. That was their dream. That was their desire. That he would redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women in our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when he, he, they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had seen a vision of angels and said that he was alive, but yet they're going back to Emmaus, seven miles. They didn't believe. If they believed Jesus was alive, if you believe that a dead man who you've given your life to for the last three years has come back to life, you're sticking around. You want to see him. They're not. They're hoofing it seven miles back to Emmaus. Their dreams have been shattered. So we have Mary and her grief. We have Thomas in his doubt. We have Cleopas in, her, in his and his wife's most likely shattered dreams and despair. And then there's Peter, this guy. Chapter 22 of Luke 59 through 62. I went backwards, I'm sorry, to the slide, guys. And after an interval of about an hour, still another, right? Peter is around the fire. The trial of Jesus is happening within, you know the story. He can see it happening. And three, two times already, somebody said, you were with the Galilean. He says, no, I wasn't. It wasn't me. He's denied him twice in verse 59. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, certainly this man was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Imagine, you said you didn't know the man three times. You followed him for three years. At the Last Supper, you told him you would never deny him, and you just did three times, and the rooster crows, and your eyes lock. You imagine the shame that he felt in that? That's where Peter found himself. Peter remembered the saying of the Lord that he had said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. So he went out and wept bitterly. Here's my point. We meet these people at their lowest, in their grief, in their doubt, in their shame, in their despair. Here's the beauty of the resurrected Jesus. He's going to step into that place with them. Mary first. That was one of my favorite, favorite parts. Back to chapter 20, verses 14 through 16. Having said this, they've taken away my Lord. I don't know where to find him. She's in her grief. You know, mascara still stains her cheeks, right? She's still heaving from the crying. 
Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? And supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will uh, take him away. By the way, her greatest hope is to find Jesus's dead body. See that in the story. That's her greatest hope. That's what she desires. Jesus says, now I got something better for you, right? How about my living body? Jesus said to her, Mary, hear me, only one person said her name like that. Only one person could say her name like that and all of her demons be cast out. Only one person had ever said her name like that. And he says, Mary, and she turned to him and said in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus comes to her in her grief. If you're in grief today, Jesus can come to you too. The resurrected Jesus comes to his children in the grief. Thomas, same chapter, verse 26. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again. This time Thomas is with them. And although the doors were locked, Jesus came and, and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he turns to Thomas. And if I were Jesus, I'd have been like, Hey, check it out, man. Put, put your finger there. Come on. Look at me. You didn't think I could come back to life, did you? Right? No. He extends to him. He says, put your finger here. See my hands. Put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. You know what you don't read there? You don't read that Thomas touched his hands. You don't read that Thomas put his hands in his side. He believed my Lord, my God, the resurrected Jesus came to him in his doubt. If you find yourself in a place of doubt today, he comes to you as well. Peter, John chapter 21, verses 17 through 19. Remember this? Peter goes out fishing. He's actually seen the resurrected Jesus already, but that stain of betrayal that he feels, that shame, that guilt, that pain, he hasn't got past it. He's going back to the to work. And they fish all night. And somebody shows up on the shoreline and says, hey, cast the net on the other side because they ain't caught nothing all night. So they cast it on the other side. And as soon as they do, that net fills up with more fish than they can even haul into the boat. They like have to ride the boat back to the shore. And John, the disciple, says, hey, that's Jesus. And Peter finally throws himself into the water. And when he gets there, Jesus got a little fish fry going, right? They got a little Captain D's, right? little dinner. And he sits there and he has this moment with Peter where he says, hey, do you love me? Peter says, you know that I love you. And then Jesus asked him again, do you love me? Remember three, the threes, three betrayals, three questions. Do you love me? Peter says, you know that I love you. And in verse 59, we, we pick up the last part of the story. I'm sorry, 26. I'm lost, guys. I'm so into this. I can't even find it. Whose Bible is this? John chapter 21, verses 17 and 19. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, 
you know everything you, uh, and you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you were old, when you were old, you will stretch out your hand and another would dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said, show the way, the kind of death that Peter would have. And after saying this, he said, follow me. Jesus steps into his shame. He says, follow me. If you're in shame today, the resurrected Jesus comes to you in your shame. And then lastly, in despair, Luke chapter 24, verses 27 through 31. Beginning with Moses, they're still on the road to Emmaus, Cleopas and his wife. Beginning with Moses and all the prophets he interpreted to them and all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. He says, the Old Testament's all about me. Can't you see it? And he preaches a sermon to him. And they drew near to the village, which they were going. He acted as if they were going, as if he was going further. But they urged him strongly, saying, stay with us. For it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. Into their despair, Jesus comes. And he'll come to you in your despair too. But the last point is this. Jesus doesn't just come to you in your lowest place. He will bring renewal with him when he meets you in your lowest place. Jesus will meet you where you are. But in his grace, he will not leave you where you are. Watch Mary. Verses 14 through 16, or just verse 18 of chapter 20. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. Remember her posture? Head down, tears on her face, face buried in her hands. Now she's running to find the disciples. Now her head is lifted up. Jesus is going to leave her again, by the way, physically. Not too long from now, he will ascend back to heaven, physical absence of Jesus, but because he is spiritually with her and alive. You know where she ends up most likely, according to church history? The church at Ephesus. We're preaching through the book of Ephesians currently. We took a break for this season, but but she is likely there in that church, that seedbed of a church as it grows. She never stops believing. He renews her spirit. Thomas, you got to go to church history to see what happens to him. He likely ends up in India, right? To the ends of the earth, takes the Great Commission seriously. He goes, right, and preaches Jesus, risen from the dead, until they kill him with the spear. To the end, renewed in his faith. Mary goes from grief to resilient joy. Thomas goes from doubt to death-defying faith. Peter, look at him in Acts, man. He preaches this massive sermon on the day of of Pentecost. Acts uh, chapter 2, starting in verse 32. He says, This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses. Skip to verse 38. And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, 
and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 41, and those who received his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 people. The seedbed of the church, right? Came from a sermon of the one who betrayed Jesus. He took his betrayal, right? His shame, he met him in his shame and he turned it to humble boldness. Peter, according to church tradition, ends up being crucified. And at the last moment, he has one dying request. He says, I can't die right side up. I can't die like my Lord. Turn me upside down. And they crucify him upside down because he's got that humility. He says, I can't die like Jesus. By the way, right? It doesn't sound like renewal, right? Dying. They found something worth living for and worth dying for. That's renewal. Death wasn't the end for them, and they knew that. Death can be renewal if what you're living for is something worth dying for. And they had found that. And then we meet Cleopas and his wife, verse 20, or chapter 24, verses 34 and 35. They'd walk seven miles, heads down, sad. What do they do next? Actually, I'll start verse 30, uh, 32. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us uh, while he talked with us on the road? And he opened to us the scriptures and they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem seven miles and they found the 11 and those who were with them gathered saying, the Lord has risen indeed. Did you know they started that tradition? That's where it started with these guys. Seven miles back, he is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was made known to them in the breaking of bread. Jesus met them in their despair and turned their despair into enduring confidence. We're still proclaiming that message to this day. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And into our grief, into our doubt, into our shame, into our despair, that message still echoes. He is risen indeed. And he'll meet us in those places. And get this, his resurrection is your resurrection. My daughter Phoenix walked up there to the side of that coffin. She held the hand of Papa. He said his goodbyes and they, they put it down. Because there was one thing my daughter couldn't do. She couldn't do anything about that dead body. But Jesus can. And Jesus will. Raise Mama back to life. Because she was in Christ. Not only is there renewal for today, there is renewal forever in Jesus. First Corinthians chapter 4, this is why our hope of renewal is rooted in the resurrection. Verse 14, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus, God himself, will raise us along with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. You will stand with Jesus in the presence of God and death cannot change that. And when you're there, Papa's gone now too. I can see my daughter holding both of their hands. At the same time, 
And this is where our hope is rooted, our hope of renewal. Paul goes on to say, because of this reality, verse 16, we do not lose heart. In our grief, we do not lose heart. In our doubt, we do not lose heart. In our shame, we do not lose heart. In our despair, we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Tell me about it. I can't play basketball anymore without getting injured. The outer self is wasting away, but our inner self is being renewed day by day by day by day. And it's the resurrection power of Jesus that does that for this light momentary affliction. Feels heavy now. Paul's not being flippant. Paul knows what it is to suffer. He's not making light of your grief. He's not making light of your shame. He's not making light of your doubt. He's not making light of your despair. I promise you that. He gets it. He knows it. But he says this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Your despair, he's working it out. Your grief, he's working it out. Your doubt, he's working it out. What he's accomplishing is beyond anything you could ever imagine. Renewal day by day by day. Renewal forever and ever and ever because of the resurrected Jesus. And if you're not a Christian, that renewal can be yours today. Simple. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Acts 16.31. You come to Jesus and say, I can't handle this grief. I can't handle this despair. I can't handle this doubt. I can't handle the shame. But because of the finished work of Jesus on the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, I believe that it can be handled by you. Believe in him. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's going to save you. No one who comes to him believing will be cast out. No matter how much shame or despair or doubt or grief you carry. Trust in the day. If you have questions about what that looks like, let me know. would love to talk with you about that. And children of God, we experience that. I've prayed all week that you would experience that today if you're in those places. Or other places too. They might not, your scenario might be different than the ones we read. The resurrected Jesus will meet you there today. Tomorrow, tomorrow, and tomorrow. And then lastly, might we individually and as a church be places of resurrection renewal? Because the resurrected Jesus is at work in us, might we be the kinds of people that when those around us find themselves in despair and doubt and grief and shame, they can come here as a safe place. They can come to you as a safe place because the resurrected Jesus is at work in you. You can be with them present in their lowest places, pointing them to the renewal that is in Jesus. The resurrected Jesus meets us in our lowest places with sweet renewal that only he can bring. Father, I know where nobody's at today. I know where some are at. I don't know where everybody's at. I don't know what the fears and doubts and grief, despair that's going on in everyone's heart. And I can't speak to any of them, but you can. 
or you meet him in this place, that Jesus, risen indeed, you will meet them in this place with your presence and you will renew their spirit. Father, you raised Jesus from the dead so that we might cling to hope even in the lowest places. Might that hope be so very obvious to your children today. Meet us where we are. Whatever lies ahead and whatever lies behind us, the resurrection is bigger. Might we see that today. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can subscribe to this feed wherever you listen to podcasts. We exist to experience and embody redemption and renewal in Christ alone. And we'd love for you to experience what God is doing as Jesus builds Mercy Village Church. Connect with us online at www.mercyvillage.church.